This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genatsat Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genatsat, Genatsat, Pai Luis Inchpesek, my friend Brian, how are you? I am doing very well. Uh, Brian, uh, good news here and uh, good news for our listeners out there. We will be full swing this coming 2019, my friends. Uh, you know what? I've kind of abandoned the show a little bit. Uh, we've had other projects going on here at Lineup Media, and I'm, I will be in full swing 2019. I already have contacted some guests, and we're going to start it off really good. I think you guys will be really happy with 2019 with Armenia Proud. Uh, till then, I, I, I just love what uh, Anush has been doing. Anush has been uh, grinding away here, keeping our uh, ship afloat. And I got to tell you, Anush, thank you so much. And uh, you will be still part of the show, of course, but we'll have like different little segments like we used to. And Anush has just been giving a full-out wine uh, session throughout, and it's been working out really well. She's a real trooper. She is. She is. Uh, there's reinforcements now coming, Anush. There's an Armenian army here. She doesn't have to hold the show down by herself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we appreciate that, and Anush has got an interview right now that we'd like to uh, play for you. You got it, You got that all readied up, Brian? Yep. All right, buddy. This is the wine segment with Anush where I get to talk about wine and share my knowledge as well as interview awesome people who are in the wine industry. Today, uh, our guest is an Armenian winemaker, actually from Armenia, but who lives now in North California. Welcome, Greg. How are you? Oh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I was super stoked to find out about you. And uh, um, I found out about you from um, uh, a mutual friend. Yes, yes. And he kept talking about you guys. He's like, my friend is making uh, wine in North California. You have to talk to him. You guys need to get on the interview. So I'm glad yeah. that this finally happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want to I give a big shout out to Grigor. Thank you for the connection. He was a... A good friend now, uh, definitely a dear friend when he was in the Bay Area, and uh, I appreciate the connection, of course. And I was also ex excited to understand that there is like this interest in wine, and uh, you know, because wine is coming up in the Armenian uh, world, essentially, currently, right? It's an ancient craft, but it's also like something that's new and big now. So I'm, I was happy to see that there is definitely a connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I went to uh, the wine school and um, coming to U.S., that was my main goal, like to learn more about it and then to share my experience. But I want to uh, learn about you today. I would like to share your story with our listeners. Um, I mentioned that you are from Armenia. Why don't you tell us about your Armenian background and heritage and how did you um, arrive to the United States? Right. Yeah, yes, yes. So like a little bit of an augmentation from Armenia is where I kind of claim to the you know to the American populace I'm actually from Tiflis right which you know we can we can uh, we can uh, we can argue back and forth like there's definitely in my opinion it's it's in the Armenian realm right so all my summers were spent in Armenia my my mother is from Lennakan you know we just uh, passed the 30 yeah, Gyumri, the 30th anniversary of that horrendous, horrendous earthquake. Um, so my summers and my life revolved around Armenia, but I was from Tiflis, and Tiflis was to me Armenian. Uh, just to give you an idea how Armenian it was, I do not speak Georgian, but I do speak Armenian fluently. I went, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> might be offensive to some, but definitely that's that. That was that was kind of the the way I was brought up. Uh, and in Armenia, oh sorry, in Georgia, we come from. Uh, an Armenian region called Jawakh. So Jawakh is kind of the other portion of my life where I spend a lot of time, which is Ahalkalak. If people don't know that, I hope they can kind of Google Maps. It's a, it's like an enclave inside of Georgia on top of 
northern Armenia, so like north of Armenia, right at the border, is the area of Jabakh, mm-hmm. was between Armenia and the Turkish border. Um, the village that I come from, my roots come from, is called Garzakh, and Garzakh is a border village. So all the <laughs> all the summers and winters when I was there, like I was looking over the the lake and across the lake there were like the border patrol of the Turkish army. So wow. that's kind of that's kind of gives you an idea of where where my roots hail from. Um, yeah, and then you know Soviet Union broke apart. We made the transition into uh, into the United States. Uh, transition was very very um, harsh uh, because uh, probably you you would know that uh, there was that little mini civil war. Soviet Union when it was shaking, you know, we had Artsakh war, a lot of transitional issues, right? Uh, the regional uh, republics were kind of in flux, governments in turmoil, and same thing was happening in Georgia. It was a not uh, a smooth entry mm-hmm. into the United States. Uh, we were actually kind of refugees. Well, no, no, I should not hide it. We were refugees. Our house was uh, burned in the Civil War because we lived in the center of town. Um, um, I don't think we were targeted because we're Armenian. I'll put that out there. But uh, definitely it was just a very, very tumultuous time. And uh, yeah, kind of wound up, uh, you know, houseless. And then, you know, had to had to be like, OK, well, so the union's done. Um, our house is done. Let's move on <laughs> to make to make it to make a little uh, anecdote. And, yeah, my father moved to the United States and to uh, to Brooklyn, Manhattan first, then 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 Brooklyn via connections. And then uh, my mother and my sister and I, we followed and uh, kind of our American life started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then final- you moved to North California. Absolutely, yeah. The North California was uh, was also kind of like in 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 New York. We're kind of uh, always, you know, we are, you know, Armenians from a winemaking area of the Soviet Union. Let's call it that way, right? Um, so uh, uh, wine was always kind of on our palate, and my father was always like dreaming, like, what is this California? What you know, many Armenians here, L.A. is like the natural thing to go. But when you like start your life in America from New York. California is a faraway place, you know? Absolutely. And then finally, you know, like luck brought us to um, uh, San Francisco. My father had a job, uh, uh, what do you call it, a work trip. And he took myself and my mom, I remember it was around 1996, 97, sorry, 97. We came here and uh, immediately we're like, wow. This terrain looks like Armenia, <laughs> so and and uh, and everything around here is uh, you know kind of wine related. So it was a it was an amazing segue into the desire to move. We didn't move for another three years. So in two thousand two thousand one, that's when we came to California forever and ever. And that's kind of how I, you know, interwove my uh, DNA with California, to which I'm uh, indebted and. Uh, appreciate that I live here because it allows me to do what I do. Otherwise, you know, I don't think I, had I stayed in New York, things would have definitely been different. So, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that um, story and uh, um, the history of that time frame and telling us how it was to go through all those changes and transitions in Soviet Union. It was, it was pretty sad times, but you know what's good about uh, Armenians uh, that you know, regardless of the hardships and uh, difficulties, we always overcome and, you know, make a positive out of it in, in, in a way, <laughs> you so know, we, it's like you come out that. stronger of all the, um, of all the hardships. Yep. Yep. And that's kind of the story we want to, uh, project in this wine project and, you know, just, you know, and, and it's, it's a parallel you see with us Armenians, with many immigrant families that built this country. It's, uh, Yeah. It's a it's 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 a negative that grows into a positive, and I'm I'm so hell- thankful that California is where I wound up eventually. Um, did um, did your family have a uh, winemaking background? Did you make like at home wine, house wine at home, or like your grandparents? Uh, <laughs> you know, absolutely. So it's like you know, knowing from the old country, you can understand the answer is both yes and no, right? Yes, in terms of yeah, we anyone that 
anytime you entered a village, someone did that, of course, but on a, on a kind of, but in terms of winemaking, I don't think I would call that winemaking, you know, where the funny thing is, is when like around nine years ago, when I started to like already dive deeper into winemaking, actually, you know, I remember my grandfather, uh, God rest his soul. He was like, Oh yes, yes. You know, uh, so-and-so and so-and-so that's the way you do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, he would describe the most basic level winemaking technique, but it's interesting because on a fundamental level, the average grandmother knew how to make wine. So yeah, that's it, 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 it's a natural process. It's just yeah, it's you know yeast and the sugar. But right. before we dive into that, um, I want like I, 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 what do you currently do, and what made you besides the heritage, besides you know falling in love with the terrain, what made you go into the wine industry? Was there anything else that? Uh, uh, like said, okay, you experienced something and you said, okay, now I'm going to do my wine. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm classically trained as a photographer. That's what I went to school for, right? That's those, those, my college experience. That was my life for a while. Um, around the time of 2010, right? So being in California, you kind of interact with wine all the time. My father, my family, my uncles, they're always wine drinkers first, right? And you're and, and, you know, food and wine just kind of pair together as you as you know. Right. So it's it was like a lifestyle thing. And then we have um, avalanches of visitors that come over and they always you know, we we we, we take them into the wine country. And then on one one evening I was like, I was like, Dad, do you know, like we've been at this for so long. Let's try to make wine, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was that was kind of, you know, uh, I, I was I was essentially starting to be done and be tired of being a host. I yeah. was trying. Yeah, I, not, not, no, no. As Armenians, as I would, oh, I will always be a host, and as a winemaker, I'll be a host to my wine. But I was like, you know what? I'm always tasting other people's wines, and it happened to be that it was a, it was a bunch of Armenian guests that were at our house. I remember that 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 time in particular, and they're like, you know what? Yeah, you guys are silly not to try this in such a terrain that you are, you know, uh, you live in. And I was like, you know what? You know, let's keep the day jobs. Let's let's not go crazy, but let's start slowly. And mm -hmm. I did, and I and I tried one type. It was a my first was a Zinfandel. I remember that, and um, it turned out all right. I was like, wow, I, I fell in love with the process. Mm -hmm. There's a little odd parallel with the process that kind of like I'm trying to seek out when I'm talking to winemakers because I don't know any winemaker that used to be a photographer. But there's that solitary moment when you're in a dark room, and this is again a, a photography that I studied, not a photography that many people practice today, right? Which is everything is digital. In the dark room, you're kind of one on one with the print. Yeah. Um, and in the winery, for the for uh, besides the harvest and the promotion of your wine and a lot of things. There's a lot of solitary moments, right? Yeah. And that kind of spoke to me so on a, on a kind of <laughs> spiritual level, if I may. And uh, the more I, I, I understood the process, the more I learned, the more I trained myself, it, it, just, it just kept spiraling from there. And then at some point, you know, we uh, we <laughs> we noticed that you know what this uh, um, there's the legality aspect, right? When you make a, when you make wine on an amateur level, you can never sell it. There's no monetizing, right? Because you need a certain there's like a, a an entire slew of things that you need to do, which we just yeah, uh, certified yeah. ourselves in until you can actually become what you call a winery, right? So we started realizing, you know what, this hobby is costing us quite a penny. Like I'm, we're talking about lots and lots of money, <laughs> because was it uh, saving though you on the bills in the grocery stores or wine stores to buy to wine? Be honest with you, um, yeah, you would think, but I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, it's a good question. But the consumption, uh, we were getting. No, it was definitely uh, improving my, uh, you know cachet with the with the locals because i was giving out a lot of good good wine because the the crafting started improving right every year the wine got better to the point where in 2013 i still have like 36 of those bottles that's not a lot right that was something phenomenal that just came out that was my entry point into malbec you know what mm -hmm. i mean Which, and um but to me but to, to connect what i was trying to say earlier is we're like you know what this this is insane i don't know anybody that has uh you know uh french oak new French oak barrels in their garage right now. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know anybody. <laughs> and if you know, if you understand, those are, those are, those are expensive uh, toys to play with, you know? Well, why don't you give us an approximate, because I'm sure the listeners, 
are interested. I did a segment where I talked, you know, why some wines yeah. are more expensive than the others and how different um, uh, uh, things that the winemaking processes can affect the price. So barrels, especially French oak barrels, can mm -hmm. impact it. Mm -hmm. What is mm -hmm. the average price? I mean, we're diverging a little bit from the podcast, no, no, it's okay. but yeah. that's... But yeah. that's what we do. That's all we do. That's great. Let's follow the story. So, like, just to understand, you know, it's and it's also a common marketing thing. You know, when people talk about, hey, why can't this wine be six bucks? Well, I'll explain to you exactly why it can't be six bucks, right? An average French barrel, um, on the scale that I buy, costs around, you know, 1200 bucks a barrel. Mm -hmm. That's that's you know, and I'm assuming once you get to like I don't know, Camus style levels or you know, let's call some big producer, right? But let's not name drop people might not know, right? But it's a, uh, it's uh, once you start buying in quantities, that I'm assuming that'll that'll drop down. But I would you know wager it does not go lower than six hundred dollars a barrel, you know. So and you how how many bottles a are in a barrel, and how many years can you use a barrel? So that, that way people can get a general right, understanding right. on how the barrel price can affect the mm -hmm. um, price mm -hmm. of the wine. Here, I got a... So a barrel is roughly 36 gallons. A uh, gallon is four plus bottles. we got to do the math. So that's that's the math right there, right? Mm -hmm. but, but the unfortunate math is that uh, you can only use that barrel two to three times, yeah. right? And its intensity. So imagine why, why why do we do barrel? It's a great uh, aging mechanism mechanism, and it's also a great um, kind of it's it's like your spice rack for when you're a winemaker. It's like what do you want to do? How do you want to craft the wine? I want to add this mm -hmm. flavor profile. I want to do this, this, and that. But you can only use that barrel once. Second time around, the intensity will start dropping off. Third time around, you can still kind of uh, use it, but that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Afterwards, it turns into what we call a neutral barrel, and it's just an aging vessel, just a you know a, a holding that. So your 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 uh, your investment rough, uh, roughly uh, lasts you two and a half times. Sure. It's not like yeah, it's not like buying a fermenter, right? That that can you know something that you would uh, use make, for make, every yes. season. Yeah, until it breaks for whatever unfortunate reason. Yeah, so and that, that's another segue is that, so I got barrels, I got fermenters, I got testing uh, um, apparatuses, right? And I'm starting to like, we're starting to do the math and I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is heavy. And, uh, and in the meanwhile, we're, we're constantly like diving deeper and deeper. We're doing less of our professional work. My father also, he's like, he's a, he's a half partner in this venture, uh, my mother and my sister as well, right? Um, and we're like, we're consumed by this to the point where I was like, you know what, guys, I'm going to put everything I know on the, on hold and I'm going to dive into working in wine, certifying myself and educating myself. And just, you know, like, you know, in my early mid thirties, that's when that was happening. Why not? You know, awesome. let's, let's do it because I really want to, we, we want to continue with this, you know, I, it's, it's not going away. And, uh, and it's a, like a legacy building project. And the more I started studying, the more I understood, the more it uh, opened up my horizons. And I'm still, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I will be learning forever <laughs> until I die. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to do. There's so much to discover and mm -hmm. improve on yourself, you know, do variations and etc. Oh, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Work, working in these companies definitely kind of gave me a, gave me an, a bigger uh, uh, eye-opening experience uh, to understand that, wow, the possibilities are endless. There's definitely the conservative approaches that are happening in the old countries. And then in the new countries, there's like, you know, everything is an option, you know. And, uh, you know, and going between the styles is amazing. And, uh, you know, on top of everything that I just learned going to Armenia in July about understanding what what is happening there, it's just like... My mind is blowing up with it. So it's like, it's like, it's like the, the, the ideas of what can be done, California, Armenia, and uh, uh, old countries like France and Italy. It's just, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, I, I, need to, I need to bring you back to our right. questions because, <laughs> because we need to learn yeah. more about, a little bit more about you guys. Um, yeah. So you got... So you fell in love with the wine, you started making it. The yep. hardest part of it is, I think, is coming up with a name. Yes. How did you do that and what does the name mean to you? 
So the name is Cotting, right? It says that's, you know, it says Cotting. Malbec is just a varietal. We have more coming up. Cotting is a name. The name was a process, I'll be honest with you. So we wanted to make a brand that is, so we are in California, right? As one person on social media already told me, he's like, hey, bro, how are you an Armenian wine? I said, well, no, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm an Armenian winemaker in California. The brand is, uh, the brand is uh, definitely of an Armenian family in California. So we wanted to make that mark. That was like from the get-go. Because coming, coming through the valleys, right, Lodi, Napa, I see all names. 90% of the name. 60% of the names are last names, right? And I was like, okay, my last name is Nemet. It's a, it's 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 part of my Hungarian heritage, which is a little, you know, part of my, uh, you know, uh, history, um, a proud portion as well. But I was like, you know what, that that's, that's an interesting approach, but that won't do what I want to do, you know, uh, which is I want to be different. Um, and so I want to choose an Armenian name, but I don't want to choose a random Ar Armenian name. There were other options on the table. I don't want to uh, explore those, but they had to. They they all entered a dead end. We did we did like a a family discussion, heated discussion, if you know any Armenian families, right? <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> absolutely. And then at some point, you know, um, I knew that my father's uh, um, roots were from Karin. And what is Karin? Karin is Erzurum today, right? And then my mom, who's always, you know, from uh, from Gars and Gyumri, right? She was like, well, you know, uh, Grandpa, before the genocide, he his uh, his family came from the Erzurum regions as well, the, the villages outside of Erzurum. Mm -hmm. And that's where my sister kind of looked at me and I looked at her. I was like, y you know what? I don't I, I really don't I, I don't I don't like the name Erzurum. You know, it's not I definitely want to you know, connect California to our ancestry. But I, I, as a room is like, mm, doesn't connect with me. And then my dad, you know, the historian goes, hey, man, it's actually not that as a room, it's Karin. Mm -hmm. And then we're, we're like, oh, wow, this clicks. I had to do a little phonetical change because Karin on any, uh, in any historical translated document is spelled K-A-R-I-N, right? Karin. But yeah. I think for, for phonetic reasons, I just added the double E. So, so, and that will be an interesting kind of pronunciation for, for the American market, which of ultimately is, you know, where we live, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, It needs yeah. to be legible. It needs to be understandable and relatable to people that's in cool. here for them to buy it because label and the name yeah. has a big, important mm -hmm. chunk in the uh, marketing. Right, right, right. That was the second portion of my discovery of what is wine is how tedious the process of marketing uh -huh. and label, label making and uh it's actually detracting a lot of time from uh the actual crafting of the wine and you have to kind of balance the two that's really really uh exciting me driving me nuts at the same time another little tidbit about cutting cutting is uh there's you know how we have Artsakh, we have armenia we have the diaspora there's actually like a movement right now of western armenia right which is kind of like let's not forget that there was a western armenia that's been stolen from us and that movement it's like a congress international diaspora and congress they uh they elected kari in erzurum as the de facto like a quote-unquote uh capital of, of of western armenia so that's just a, oh, something yeah. i just i just discovered recently yeah yeah well so. thank you so much for all the history and the politics and uh, everything that we could enter and and this is why wine is so cool that it's not just grapes and the process mm -hmm. but it has everything and anything Absolutely. you know around it history politics uh you know archaeology, you name it, everything yes. goes into wine. Yes, that's that, that's why I think what's happening in Armenia is, uh, like, I don't know, earth-shatteringly uh, exciting, you know? So, um, you, you told, I mean, pretty much from our conversation, uh, I, I see that you do everything in the, your role is in everything, but Mm -hmm. Is there like, do you have, it's it's between your dad and yourself, do you have like an official title for the yes. uh, thing or you, you're like yeah. the guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, the other day when I was talking to a vendor and I always sign off on emails, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put CEO parentheses, uh, chief everything officer, right? Yeah. So, so we start, Wine we started, maker. Uh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my my direct tie-in is uh, I'm on the winemaking side of things. Mm -hmm. So that includes, you know, making the wine, 
uh, talking to vendors, understanding how to improve because I, I am the, the, the wine educated guy, essentially. I'm becoming the wine educated guy of, and in, in the family. And also, I'm also forward facing, which is I'm the guy that talks to other people about our wine, and and hence why myself, my sister will, my sister will chime in at some point. Um, are kind of uh, we will also take on the burden of you know sales. I don't want to say burden, the the awesomeness of uh, promoting the wine, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it could be awesome, and it could be. I mean, yeah. I did sales. Sales is tough, but it's very rewarding. Absolutely. Um, so. Um, you don't have you don't grow the grapes yet do no. you have uh where do you get them from so where is your wine what is the terroir of your wine the current vintage i i you mentioned that you're going to do different varietals but you have the malbec where mm -hmm. does it come from and what is your goal to have the grapes from the same area for the different mm -hmm. varietals or you are going to go into different like Napa for let's say Cabernet if possible because the numbers are astronomical or let's say Sonoma for you know um, Pinot Noir or you know other varietals right so um, just to answer about Pinot Noir uh, love the grape love the flavor uh, scared of it so, ah, <laughs> so yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a and uh, you know you, you you take what you can I would love to do a Pinot Noir one day but uh, I don't see myself doing Pinot Noir just just yet uh, mm -hmm. but I do follow a lot of winemakers that are making some great stuff and I maybe one day I will assist them and hopefully that will be my entry point right now no no I will not and Lodi is the region that we grow so Lodi to a lot of people is you know you know the average uh you know, person that knows wine immediately knows Napa. Lodi is predominantly a, so to answer your question, that is where I am based. That is where the facility is. That is where I source my grape. There are multiple sub AVAs, right? Let's, let's explain what an AVA is. AVA is a designated area, right? So Napa on a label, that's actually I'm, AVA stands for American Viticultural Association, right? It's a designation stating that the grapes came from here and it's certifiably so, right? So when a label says Napa, you know it's coming from there. My grapes come from Lodi, but even more so, there's a Makalumni, which is a, like a river name, uh, a, a sub-AVA there. Um, that's, to be exact, that's where my grapes are being sourced from currently. In the future, um, I want to stay local. I think it's a great, great AVA to, to source from. As a matter of fact, we know now... Well, it's a, it's a proven fact that Napa, Sonoma, whenever they need to source uh, uh, grapes to kind of, you know, supplement 30 mm -hmm. or you know, X amount of uh, juice into, as they call it, into their, uh, into their batches, Lodi is where they go to. Okay. So, and Lodi is your, you know, it's Central Valley. It's uh, north of Stockton, south of uh, um, Sacramento. If you are from Southern California and haven't been out that way. Um, it lies kind of on the intersection of the uh, uh, Sacramento and San Joaquin River Delta. And what it is, it's like a, it's a flat land mm -hmm. in the valley, completely crisscrossed by, uh, by, by uh, minor rivers that kind of dive into these little, uh, in, into a big Sacramento River Delta. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a, it's like a humongous area that we all love and know here in NorCal, it's not so well known outside of the the region, and the crisscrossing of those rivers is what creates this amazing, amazing what do you call it? Uh, growing conditions where you know, like you can't be boiling your grapes like in some other super hot regions, right? Like for example, why don't they grow grapes in Florida, right? Because you need that cooling off period, and uh, and uh, Lodi is fertile grounds for amazing, amazing grapes. I want to stay local. I want to, for the, for the longest time, I think I'm going to concentrate on that. The other, the, yeah, the other aspect of Lodi is, uh, let's, let's be honest, it has an affordability factor, which is yeah. very, 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 um, um, uh, you know, it's, it's important for a startup winemaker. And as a matter of fact, I'm, you know, I know a lot of, and I follow a lot of winemakers, from Sonoma Napa that are kind of around my age range and they are slowly making their way into Lodi because Lodi pr provides that opportunity. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's not going to be so for the longest time because we're seeing like, so for example, about in when the AVA was registered, there was like maybe five or seven um, uh, winers. 
-hmm. No, producers, right? And now there's 80. And uh, just to give you a comparison, there's 400 in Napa, there's 80 in Lodi, but the average uh, owner of a, of a, of, a, of the land in Napa is a roughly uh, 100 acres, whereas in Napa the the average is starting to like dwindle down. So what that tells you is like Napa is becoming that boutique place where someone wants to have an address, and Lodi is actually a farming place. So going into Lodi was very very easy because when a farmer when I read like you know the 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 numbers off off of a grape, when I know I'm going to source a grape, I know this family that grew grapes for generations. They they can produce, and uh, you know that isn't always the case in some of these other locations. So it's 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 a comfortable place to be in. Mm -hmm. uh, marketing is going to be hard because uh, it's 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 doing a lot. Uh, Lodi is uh, earning a name for itself. And uh, I think in, in future years, you're going to see a lot of good stuff come out of Lodi. And we just had a humongous, like, earth-shattering sale. Uh, Michael David is a, you know, winery producer in, in Lodi. It started in 2000, uh, just got sold for, I think, like $150 million, $200 million to uh, the wine group out of Livermore Valley, another lesser-known valley. So, Unbelievable. So yeah, things are happening in Lodi, and it's so exciting. It's It's like, I mean... If you're ever in the area, let me know. I will take you around Lodi, give you some of these small and larger producers that are doing some phenomenal stuff. Uh, that was going to be my other question. Mm -hmm. If I am or if any of the listeners are uh, traveling through, mm -hmm. do you have a tasting room that they can come visit? Um, I operate out of a place where they can come and taste, but no, I am not a winery that has a tasting room so our predominant sales model currently is direct to consumer through mm -hmm. the website and through myself um no i don't have a tasting room i operate out of a facility that does mm -hmm. and if ever that is the that is the conversation please let me know i will definitely make things happen so oh, awesome so there is a chance to uh, there is a possibility <laughs> absolutely to yeah. come and try your wines because um i know you're about to um release or are you already selling the wine yeah we are already selling so it happened a few weeks ago i i really so what does a release mean right so you, you you're like you're licensed to sell right at that point you just wait for the product to mature to the to the point of your liking right as, as a winemaker and then you make the release and the release was we bottled in uh july but uh it's never a good idea in my opinion my humble opinion as a winemaker it's never a good idea to just you know bottle and release red wine immediately you want to give it a little bit of settling time um and uh yeah we last thursday what was it last thursday it was yeah roughly it was a it was still it was late late november where i said you know what that's it we got we got to start slowly letting it out of the you know, out of the box and selling to people. And, uh, you know, there's been a slow trickle and I'm very humbled to see that there's like a good reaction to, to this process. And yeah, the release has happened. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, let's, um, uh, why don't you, uh, say the website and how the listeners uh, can try it. And of course, once the uh, podcast is up on the air, I'll put the links uh, so that way they can follow. You have a website and also yes. a Facebook page. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so everything is Karin Wine. Uh, so the URL is www.karinwine.com. I am also on Instagram as Karin Wine and on Facebook as well as Karin Wine. I have a page on LinkedIn, but I haven't done much there yet. But mm -hmm. the main you know, the main place that you can go read up on the on the company, on on the on the current release of the this uh, this cutting Malbec that I were we we made in 2016, um, and that is www.cuttingwine.com. So there awesome. you can shop, support, you know, share. You know, we yeah we want to we want to build a community around this project. We want to kind of this is this is this is it for us. And it was kind of cool when you know I looked at my father, my sister, my mother. I was like, you know what? This 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 feels right, and we're gonna keep going in this direction. And everybody's behind me, and we're gonna try to start building out a a, a following base, a community. I'm excited to try to seek out like the fun. The interesting thing is now that you're a winemaker, you're in food, right? And that's something I wasn't in because you would think you know even when you're making wine, uh, initially food was kind of a pairing. But now I'm understanding that I'm in food business 
So I'm going to start making connections in the food industry. We're talking about festivals. We're talking about restaurant owners. Well, you know, there's a festival coming up, which was going to be the Armenian second annual Armenian wine festival, which will be May 19th. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and right. And I am hoping and, um, well, actually, I'm hoping. We have to see you here with your wines. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. need to make arrangements. You have plenty of time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's in May, you mentioned, right? We had May an... 19th, yeah. yes. we have. And... This is the Armenian festival where uh, we invite the winemakers from Armenia. We have Armenian wine from Armenia. And also we have wine from all over the world but which is made by Armenians, so people of Armenian heritage and descent. And uh, we did it last year. We had a guy, uh, Armenian guy from Argentina. We had our wine made by an Armenian from Chile and Paso Robles. So this year, we're going to have war. Excellent. Yes, I'm, I'm so happy that you extended the invitation to me, myself. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the other partners of the ventures because they need to come out of the woodwork too. And yeah, I would love to. I want to. I want to meet more. I need to. I need to. I need to kind of you know come out of this Northern California uh, shell that we're in and uh, come down to Southern California. And I uh, will definitely be there in May. Absolutely, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, um, you went to Armenia. You told me that you visited Armenia and tasted Armenian wines. What do you think, or do you potentially see yourself growing Armenian varietals in uh, Lodi? <laughs> yes. Uh, let's. <laughs> so, the, in terms of where it will uh, land, I don't know. Because uh, another part of our story is that we are not, you know, we we're a single vineyard designated winery, meaning like I source, I do not source from a bunch, you know, I don't mix and match. We want to kind of be true to the terroirs of a particular vineyard. And at some point, I will have to plant an estate, right? And at some point later on, I will need. I definitely want to. Uh, explore the Areni grape. Um, is it going to be in Lodi or not? I don't know. But I think Areni grape should come into California. This may or may not be controversial to the Armenian winemakers in Armenia. But knowing what I see here in California, um, it's actually a natural thing that is going to happen if the Areni varietal will be popular. Sorry, let me answer your question. Yes. It's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal grape that... <laughs> Like a, like an American uh, in Armenia, I was like, oh, wow, this grape needs to come into California. Let's see what it does there, right? And again, as, as you know, experts in terroir, right, people are like, yo, no, 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 like the, the grape has to flourish in, uh, you know, the uh, Vajodzo region only and then maybe. But in reality, as a marketer, I'm like, you know what? The reason, you know, Bordeaux does so well worldwide is because yeah. – you know, they're okay with the fact that Cabernet Sauvignon is growing from uh, Australia to California. You know what I mean? Um, nobody in France said, no, let me stay and keep this grape here forever and ever. And, you know, so I hope that the Armenian winemakers in Armenia are open to the idea of somebody bringing it to our, to the United States. Um, it will be even better. I mean, I would like to plant it, but if some non-Armenian uh, winemaker would be into it, somebody, uh, you know, a big name, that would be phenomenal. But marketing is hard, and unfortunately, I, I know that the, the the grape is phenomenal. It has so much depth and so much character, and you've tried it yourself. I mean, I can ask you the same question. What What is it? How do I, it's, it's, you can feel that it can hold weight to some of these greats around the world, right? Uh, here, here's here's yeah. my t- take on it. Um, I mean, yes, Arani in Vajodzor is doing amazing. It's a beautiful wine, but... It's just as an um, experimentation to have a couple of vines and produce it here to see the difference. You know, it will be still Arani. It would be a different Arani in a different climatic conditions. Absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, not comparing other um, countries uh, who are um, in surrounding Armenia, you know, some of their native varietals are grown all over the United States. And it's a curious grape. There are mm-hmm. curious varietals. It brings a lot of interesting conversation. I'm not sure it will become like a grape uh, heavily <laughs> grown in United States, but um, just to have like a, a little batch of it, I think it will be pretty cool. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and it's like... Uh, the esoteric varietals. Right, right, right. Because, I mean, you look, you walk around California and you understand 
how symbiotic the, the 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 taste versus the success is like for example you know that cabernet wasn't always the grape of california and same with chardonnay i'm constantly like learning about what were the varietals back in the day and you understand that you know somebody planted did well i don't ever see arani becoming the chardonnay of california because let's face it even sangiovese and barbera which is a predominantly italian you know it's a it's an italian superstar are not doing you know, phenomenally well in, you know, in California. But I think it will be amazing if there is a producer making a small batch Arani here Mm -hmm. to give that little, you know, compare and contrast. Like, for example, what I'm doing uh, with with, with my wine, right? Malbec in California seems a little bit, you know, funny. But uh, I've tried the Malbecs out of California and they are packing a lot of punch in them. And I understand that it's like, you know what, just because Chardonnay wasn't always a California grape, and then it's uh, and then it became. My my idea is like, don't be limited. That's what I'm saying. You know, wine exactly. is and it's great. Let's not, you know, let's not, you know, we're in the new world. None of these grapes belong here. If you want to, you know, speak truth to power, essentially, right? Yeah. It's it's you know, these are all uh, transplants. So, so that's, that's the idea. Yeah. So, you um, are newly entering into the market. Mm, um. Mm. What? How? How do you think that Armenians, the diaspora, like, can support you and your winery? I, I think. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would like gravitate. I mean, the natural thing is like, okay, when somebody finds out, when someone is Armenian, they find out that you know the wine is Armenian, made by an Armenian, they would be like, uh, buying it right away. Do you have that experience already? Well, it's yes, uh, there is definitely uh, that, 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 that desire to like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But I also kind of come from a deeper network of other things. So like right now, it's it's kind of like, you know, we like Greg Nemet and the Greg Nemet family. Right. So there's a lot of support on that. And but yes, the 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 the, um, the idea is to kind of marry the heritage to the to to the company. Right. And uh, eventually be a brand that's very much uh, liked and understood and loved by the community. And that's and but it's also my it's, it's my job to do so. Right. It's it's, for, it's it's my job to kind of come out to push. But that is the idea. That is something I would love. I would love. Do you think uh, it's it's going to be easy or what is your take? Because you have worked and you yes. have you, you, you just said you have a whole other resume on um, right. being involved in diaspora. So how do you think it's. It will I, be taken. <laughs> good, 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 great question. Great question. Um, so as diaspora, right? So we have to look at, so I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a producer of, uh, you know, my, 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 my wine is $35. That's the, that's the entry point into the market, right? The average Armenian in the diaspora, if they don't know wine, right, they're probably are like the average, you know, American. Sometimes even, I don't want to say it, uh, less so because, you know, up until this rejuvenation of the Armenian wine love in Armenia, Armenians were predominantly a vodka drinking community, right? That's true, uh, yep. uh, you know, so, so, you know, you go to a, you go to an, at uh, the average kef that I go to, there's more vodka and the average kelech or any hockey josh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, well, these are words we got to <laughs> Sorry, say. Sorry. Just... Well, yeah, from back, from back in the day, right? Uh-huh. Um, so the wine is slowly kind of entering. The other day, I was even thinking, I was sitting there with a friend that, mm, I don't like the word, dislikes wine. And I was thinking, I was like, what is a wine that I would pair with hash? <laughs> so, so because for me, I think, and I understand this might be a very uh, uh, weird um, uh, segue, but yeah, the, there is a little bit of education that will need to happen before I think that uh, the Armenian uh, uh, community at large, will be like, oh, you know what, wine, mm-hmm. is, wine is my go-to thing. But I'm excited to kind of roll up the sleeves and do that because yeah, once, once you see that there, it's not, it's not just something that Armenians do in Armenia. There's also Armenians doing it here, and there's a brand that's kind of, you know, pinning its existence to its heritage and producing some great, you know, wine. Let's face it, Malbec is not an Armenian wine, right? But it's a great wine that grows very well here, and it's unpopular in California. So it's, you know, there's stories that intertwine. I do. I would like to see uh, a, a big support from the community, and I think I will get a, a big support, a great support from the community, because 
I ultimately am striving to create a good product, you know? And what I mean by that, so for example, just a little dive into the product itself. Um, we have, you know, these these high-octane wines that kind of came out of the 90s, right? We're talking about like, you know, well, I worked for a brand that easily, easily produced a 16% alcohol by volume wine. To me, that is what produces that insane headache at the end of the day. That's personally how I feel it. I mm -hmm. decided to take a, 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 a European approach, let's call it European, a more re reserved. Uh, my wine is 13.5% alcohol by volume. So this is, again, wine nerd talk. This is kind of, and uh, and I'm noticing a, 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 a step back into that style of winemaking because it's, you know, they understand that the palate is going to burn up if everybody, yeah, if, you, if you want, and then this is like to anybody, all the high astancy, all the high eight out there, if you want a 16% wine, why don't you just up it a little bit, start drinking sherry and then just go into cognac. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's my, that's my general suggestion. So I do make a great product. I think I make a great product. I want to make a great product okay? and I do want the community to support it. Well, well, we, we support you fully here at Armenia Proud Toast to Armenia. Like, we, we want to see your success. We want to try your wine. Absolutely. And I hope, I truly hope, and I'm sure that, you know, the uh, Armenian diaspora will support you fully once they learn about you. Um, what is your goal for next five years i mean you are full of ideas full of excitement full of energy which is which is the number one thing to um to start any business especially wine business which is right. not very easy but right. what is your goal for the next five years um the goal is the goal is uh, simple but hard right the idea is to create a, a premium wine brand that will be predominantly hinged, in my opinion, on red varietals, right? Which Malbec is something that I kind of pinpointed towards. Um, currently, I'm making already uh, another uh, Malbec vintage, as well as I'm introducing a Zinfandel. And I want to kind of explore the kind of the, 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 the red wine uh, area. On top of that, I am producing a white, which will be released soon, which is a Viognier, right? Um, so I want to create a bouquet of wines that kind of speak well to each other and we are, you know, and to ramp up a sales to a certain kind of a mathematical formula that I don't need to, that maybe we don't need to go into deeply, but ramp up sales to a, to a healthy level is what I'm trying to say. Right. Mm -hmm. At which point we do want to purchase an estate and kind of start laying the actual, you know, like Armatner, you know, the roots, the foundation. And that's that. That will be that will be my five-year plan for sure. That's, that's something. Awesome. That's something that we talk about. Essentially, there will be a cutting post somewhere in a road somewhere in California that says, you know, tasting room here. <laughs> so, awesome. We can't, I, I can't wait. I'm pretty sure. I'm confident that with your uh, ability to plan and see ahead and your willingness to learn every day, you will get to your goal. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, once once that happens, I essentially, you know, the hospitality side of our culture, that's where uh, that's where we'll do most of the magic. You know, I want to create a place where like we can celebrate the Armenian food, right? Which, as I'm as I'm making wine, which is Malbec, right? Again, not an Armenian varietal, but I'm already starting to like figure out pairing it with with things that, you know, the the everyday dishes, right? Which is sometimes when you are in wine. You gravitate towards the other, like the steaks and uh, you know the French cuisine and the Italian, and that makes sense. But as a winemaker that's Armenian, like I want to start kind of marrying my culture, not just in storytelling, right, to the brand, but in my actual culture. You know, my grandmother, my grandmother's recipes, my mother's recipes. I want to I want to get into a kitchen and start messing around with my wines and the way that they complement uh, the the food that my community eats, and then also open it up to the greater California community, which is, which is, uh, you know, all around us, you know? And I think that's going to be the magic sauce. That's going to probably hopefully fingers crossed, uh, you know, spell out success. Absolutely. That's... It will, it will definitely do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation, for sharing all your knowledge with uh, me and with the listeners. Uh, I wish you lots of success. 
I hope to see you soon, maybe sooner than May 19, maybe somehow um, if so, I'm traveling to Cal Nor Northern California, we can stop by and say hi. Or if you're planning on visiting LA, please let me know. I am always, LA is kind of like second home. It's just that when once the venture started, you know, you have to be constantly around the 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 winery where you're making the wine, right? So like my, my, my travels to Southern California slowed down a little bit, but LA, I know LA very well. I will definitely be there before May 19th. And we'll, I am, you know, I got, I got a bottle for you and definitely for Greek or as well. That's, you know, has your name on it. And I would like to share it with you. Sounds very good. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to try this opportunity. Thank you for doing this. I want to thank you in general because you know, it's important to have people, like yourself promoting you know wine uh, within the armenian realm because when i found out that you know when i was told to me that you, you your podcast exists i was like what that's okay that's great that's amazing that is that is that is phenomenal so thank you very much for for doing this thank you for inviting me and uh, let's keep the conversation going my absolute pleasure my absolute pleasure all right we'll catch you next time thank you thank you Another, another amazing uh, wine session here, Brian. Yeah. I, it, the, the thing I always love about it is the fact, you know me, I'm not, I'm, not really, yeah. I'm really not like a wine drinker. Me either. But every time she, she does these interviews, it makes me want to actually like go out and get some wine. I look at it differently. You're right about that. I, every one of my wines now, I look differently on a different perspective on when I could drink this or, uh, or just a origins of wine now. yeah that, that's amazing yeah, so the, the history uh behind this is just incredible and she does a great job and yeah kareen malbec is the i guess that was the winery she was uh doing there right yeah and that's interesting kareen, too which, yeah. the, which is you know an ancient armenian city right in the which middle is where they they came from yeah yeah right in the middle of uh present day turkey western I guess that would be Western Armenia. East, yeah, uh, yeah, present-day Central Eastern Turkey. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Anush, and thank you for uh, the great interview. And once again, folks, things will pick up a lot more in 2019. We will have Anush's segments, and uh, we'll have different stuff from uh, various uh, guests that we'll have on and so forth. Uh, I assure you, 2019 will be much better than uh, on the interview section on my behalf, not not Anusha, because Anusha has really carried the load and done a great job. I'm just saying we should get more versatile here with different type of uh, guests as well. So it should really work out to where, you know, it's like a it's like an old uh, Johnny Carson show. Yeah. Yeah. We're that's gonna, what we got. It's going to be a Johnny great. Johnny Carson. It's going <laughs> to it's going to be a great year for the show. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, my friend. Genatsa Kishepati. We'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.